Good morning, everybody. Did you just call me a patriarch? Does that mean I'm old? Is that what you meant, old? Well, I am old. I've got ties older than you. God bless you all. Lift your hands under the Lord this morning. Father, we praise you and give you honor and glory in this sanctuary. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy and your tender, loving kindness. Thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit in this place. Thank you for what I felt when I walked through that door. Now, Lord, anoint your servant this morning to minister to the needs of people. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Pastor Randy and Cherie and all the family, thank you for this invitation. I love coming here. There's something very precious and very special about Celebration Church. Every time I walk into that door, which I've done now for six or seven years, I suppose, I feel the presence of God immediately. I began to weep as I walked down the aisle as they were leading worship. And that last song you sang, wow, it just, it just takes my breath away. Thank you for what you're doing here in the greater Fresno area. Thank you. This, this isn't happening everywhere, but it's about to. It's about to. There is another Jesus revolution that's beginning. Right now, it started on four college campuses, one in Ohio, one in Kentucky, one in Tennessee, one in Alabama. And it's amazing to me that it's happening at the exact same time that this movie, Jesus Revolution, is premiering. It's about to happen again. It happened in the 1960s. In, in about 1969, in a church in Southern California with a pastor named Chuck Smith, who I knew, and through a young Jesus hippie named Frisbee. Imagine Lonnie Frisbee. And a young kid named Greg Laurie. And the movie is their story. I watched it yesterday. We got here in time. I've been preaching up in Merced this week and we tried to go up to Yosemite, but we got snowed out. And so we came back down and I had an opportunity to see that movie yesterday afternoon. If you haven't seen it, you need to see it. Because what happened then is about to happen again in this nation. And that same spirit that revolutionized that church took a church that was not dying, it was dead. I mean, you, you're waiting for somebody to preach the funeral in that church. But when that young man came in, everything changed, and it changed in America. Millions of people gave their hearts to the Lord as a result. And uh, Ecclesiastes says, what God has done, he will do again. And you watch, it's coming. And I have a feeling this church is gonna be a great part of it. So Pastor Randy, I want to say to you what my father said to me, make no little plans here. Make no little plans here. God has a great vision in you. He has his spirit in you. 
and you've just begun. Give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. And those of you who are watching online, including my wife, my wife's watching online, God bless you. Uh, she and I were talking on the phone just before the service started. And I'm, I'm overwhelmed to be here. It, it touches my heart. Something else is about to happen too. And it has to happen because it's in the Bible. There is an end time transfer of wealth that's coming. The Bible says the wealth of the wicked is laid up or stored up for the righteous. Now, who are the righteous? The righteous are those who believe God. Some people think righteousness is hard to reach, but that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says Abraham believed God. And because he believed God, it was accounted unto him for righteousness. A righteous person is someone who believes God and sows into his kingdom. Because when Abraham learned who he was and who God was, it changed his life. He had come back from rescuing his family from four kings. And when he came back to town, he was met by a man named Melchizedek. And Melchizedek said, Blessed be Abraham of the Most High God, the possessor of heaven and earth, and the one who delivers him from all of his enemies. And when Abraham understood that, who God was and who he was, he gave a tithe of all that he had. And he established the tithing principle in the earth. And it was accounted unto him for righteousness because he believed God and because he sowed into the kingdom. And because of it, there was a great wealth transfer in his life. Pharaoh invested in him and Abraham became very wealthy. That was a transfer of wealth. It's happened before. It happened in the life of his son Isaac, who also was greatly blessed by a king and sowed in a time of famine and reaped a hundredfold in the same year. And the Bible says he not only became rich, but he became very wealthy. And then it happened to his son Jacob as well. God uh, works down through the generations. And Jacob became very wealthy because of a transfer of wealth that came through his uncle Laban. And then Joseph languished in prison, being accused of a crime that he did not commit. And for years, he was there as a prisoner in chains. And yet because he interpreted the king's dream, within one day, there was a wealth transfer. He went from chains to the vice president of the nation and became a very wealthy man. It's happened over and over again. It happened when Moses led two and a half million Israelites out of Egyptian bondage. One day they were slaves, and the next day, having taken the gold and the silver and the stones and everything from Egypt, they were slaves, and the next day they were multimillionaires. It's happened over and over and over again, and it's about to happen again. It's coming. Why? Why is the transfer so important now? It's because there is an end time transfer, uh, uh, there is an end time harvest of souls. And it's going to take trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars to bring in that harvest of souls. And who is going to bring in those, those souls? You and I and others around the world. 
because the Bible says this gospel, the gospel of the kingdom which we preach, shall be preached in all nations to every people group so that everyone has an opportunity to hear the gospel message of Jesus. That's, what ca- that's what's causing Jesus to, to tarry and not, uh, not bring about the second coming because not everyone has heard the gospel. There are still multiplied hundreds of millions and billions who've never heard the name of Jesus. And Jesus is not going to come a second time until everyone has heard. And how's that gonna happen? It's gonna happen through an end time transfer of wealth from the wicked to the righteous to be a witness. Because Jesus said, you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Jerusalem represents your home, your family. Judea represents the places you go. Samaria represents the places where it's difficult, where it's rough, where it's hard to be a witness, and the uttermost parts of the earth. He said it, and I believe it's true. So when you sow, you're sowing into the kingdom of heaven, but you're also sowing for your own benefit because you can only reap from what you sow. It is an eternal principle. What you put in is what you get out. And when you sow today, you're sowing under the kingdom of God. You're sowing into the future. You're sowing into a Jesus revolution that's about to happen again in America. But you're also investing into your own future. Now here we are in the beautiful San Joaquin Valley where it's done nothing but rain for a couple days. And I know you probably needed the rain. There's a season that you plant. All the farmers in the valley here know there's a certain time, certain time that you sow. There's a certain time of the year that you plant because the seed is waiting on the season, the right season. But in the supernatural, it's different. It's exactly backwards. In the supernatural, your season is waiting on your seed. In other words, when you sow, when you sow, it instantaneously becomes your season to reap. You don't have to wait. The reaper begins to overtake the planter. That's what the Bible says. And when you sow today, you have a Bible right to expect God to use it for His glory and then multiply it back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. And when you give this morning, give your best. Don't give something that you won't miss. Don't be like Cain who gave something that meant nothing to him. And because it meant nothing to him, it meant nothing to God. And God rejected it. So like Abel did, Abel gave of his first fruit. He gave his best. Give him your best and then ask him for his best. Bow your heads with me in prayer. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I thank you that it is offering time and that we have the privilege of sowing unto the kingdom of heaven, knowing that God will use it mightily for his glory in this earth, in this time, and then he will multiply it back, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over in the authority of Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Get your offering out 
Ushers, would you come forward, please? I heard Pastor Randy say he's got buckets today. And uh, there are other ways to give. It's on the screen, I understand. You know what to do. I guess if you're making out a check, make it out of Celebration Church, is that right? Or you're giving online, you're giving through your phone. Pardon? Envelopes in the seat back, thank you. Envelopes in the seat back. Wow. Sow your best. I once said to a crowd, give your biggest bill. And a woman put in her electric bill. <laughs> oh, praise God. I heard this story about a woman whose husband had passed away and she was so lonely she went to the pet store to buy a pet and uh, she fell in love with this parrot this female parrot she bought the parrot took it home <laughs> but all the parrot said was let's kiss let's kiss let's kiss let's kiss let's kiss she got so tired of hearing this bird say let's kiss let's kiss she called her pastor said, Pastor, I've got a problem. I bought this pet, but all the pet says is, let's kiss, let's kiss. He said, well, is it male or female? And she said, it's female. He said, well, that's amazing. I've got a male, male parrot. All he says is, let's pray, let's pray, let's pray, let's pray, let's pray. Maybe we should get our two parrots together. And so he brought the parrot over, and as soon as the female parrot saw the male parrot, she started saying, let's kiss, let's kiss, let's kiss. The male parrot said, thank God my prayers have been answered. All right, everybody given? You sown your seed? Now lift your hands like this and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, today I've given you my best. Now I ask you for your best, and I receive it by faith in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a shout of praise. If you have your Bibles this morning, uh, turn over to two scriptures, Ephesians 4, 29, and also Proverbs 4, 20 through 23. Let me read these words to you. In Ephesians 4, 29, let no corrupt talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Let our words be grace to the ear of someone else. So our choice of words really do matter. Then in Proverbs 4, verses 20 through 23, my son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Words, words, words. Words are critically important. Words have meaning. And when organized in a proper grammatical structure, that meaning is transmitted to provide communication. But that communication is hampered 
when, and misunderstandings can arise when the wrong words are said. From the moment we learn how to talk, we speak into people's lives. We speak into situations. It is said that women speak about 20,000 words a day, and men speak about 7,000 words a day. Uh, my wife speaks 20,000 words a day with gusts to 30. <laughs> Women talk more than men. Men get to the issue, whereas women give you the beautiful detail in color. Words, words, words are critical in our life. And I find myself quoting the scripture, let the words of my mouth and let the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Words can build you up and words can tear you down. Words, words, words are so critical. And there are some words today that are missing in society. Words like, thank you. Those are two powerful words. They seem to be left out. Another phrase, I appreciate what you did. Those words are left out. Here's another phrase that's left out. I'm sorry I was wrong. Those are words that often are left out. We live in a society where you don't receive much thanks. When you say to someone, have a good day, they say, well, what business is it of yours and how come you're only giving me one? Words. Words. Words are so important because God created everything you can see from what you cannot see with his words. He said, light be, and light was. He called wholeness and, and orderliness out of calmness with his words. What you say is so critically important. I don't know about you, but it's my tongue that gets me in trouble. It's what I say that causes most of my problems. And sometimes it comes flying out of my mouth before I realize what I've said. And I have to apologize a lot. Words, words. I think the reason that dogs have so many friends is because they wag their tail more than they wag their tongue. Words. Picture the scene. Gideon is hiding in the wine press. He's the least of his brothers. He's the runt of the family. And he's hiding because every year the Midianites come and steal all the crops of the Israelites. And they're broke. They're busted. They've got nothing. No matter what they plant, an enemy comes and steals it. And he's hiding when an angel comes to him and says, Gideon, you are a mighty man of valor. Well, he was not a mighty man of valor. He was hiding in the wine press, the least in his family. He was the last person in the world to be a mighty man of valor. But the angel said, you are a mighty man of valor. 
And when he said it, something got inside of Gideon. And he began to believe what the angel said. Words are so critical. And suddenly, that knowing on the inside that the angel, that the God, God above believed that there was something to him, that he was a mighty man of valor, that he was the one that God used to build an army of only 300, and he took on the entire Midianite army of 10,000 and defeated them because God said to him, you are a mighty man of valor. Words that you say, what you say to your children, what you say to your family. I've heard people say, you're not worth the salt that goes in your bread. I've heard people say to their children, you'll never amount to anything. Don't ever say things like that to people. Lift them up. Don't put them down. Words, words, words. What you say, what comes out of your mouth is so important. Back in the early 1960s, there were two young Australian tennis players. One was named Rod Laver. The other was named Ken Rosewall. And they had a coach. And the coach saw something in those two young men. Rod Laver was left-handed. And it had a very weak serve. But the coach decided to give him a nickname that he could live up to. And he named him Rocket. He called him Rocket Rod Laver. And Rod Laver took those words inside him and it instilled something. And he developed the most devastating left-handed serve in the history of tennis and reached the number one slot in the world. And people today call him Rocket Rod Laver. The number one court in Australia, where they play the Australian Open, is named after him. It's Rod Laver Court. The other young man was named Ken Roswell, and he was slim. He didn't, he didn't have his body fully developed. And the coach called him Muscles. Muscles, Ken Roswell. And something got inside Ken, and he believed, and he began to develop his body. And he also became one of the great all-time tennis players in the world, and both of them are in the Tennis World Hall of Fame today. They became what the coach said. Rocket Rod Laver, still alive today. Muscles Ken Rosewall, still alive today. What you say is so critically important. Matthew 17, 20 says, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, that is, a seed that you'll sow, then you can speak to this mountain, this problem, this need, this circumstance, and you can command it to be cast into the sea. And Jesus bratted the nail on the other side over in Mark 11 when he said, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. And he went on to say, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. What you say, what you say, what you say is so critically important. Are you saying what you have or are you having what you say? Words, words, 
words. We used to say when we were kids, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Well, that's not true. Oftentimes, words do hurt. They cut you to the quick. Watch what you say. Watch what comes out of your mouth. When I was 19, my father, Oral Roberts, prayed over me, and he prophesied. He said, you're going to have a healing ministry. He said, it's going to be different than the healing ministry God gave me. He said, God gave me a laying on of hands ministry, but he's going to give you a word of knowledge ministry and an operation of the gifts of healing. And you'll speak and you'll preach all over the world. You'll have huge crowds and crusades around the world. You'll, you'll pray over presidents and prime ministers. I was 19. I was not a Christian. He spoke that into my life. And I rolled out of the bed where I had been because I had been ill, and he had come into my room to pray for me. I rolled out of the bed and got on my knees, and I prayed a sinner's prayer. I asked Jesus to come into my heart. I had accepted a contract to go to Las Vegas to sing in the lounges of the Sahara Hotel. But a funny thing happened to me on the way to Las Vegas. I got saved. And I got baptized in the Holy Spirit that evening. And I joined his team. I joined his work and stood with him for more than 40 years. But that word didn't come to pass immediately. Sometimes the prophetic comes to pass quickly. Sometimes it takes a period of time. About 10 years later, I was on a television program, and the same word was given to me by another prophet, a prophet who knew nothing about what had given over me, what my father had given over me 10 years before. The same word happened. And I was at the lowest point of my life. I'd been through a terrible ordeal in my life. And uh, I was preaching one night, and uh, friend of mine was at the service and said, there's a young woman I want you to meet. And I said, I'm sorry, I'm not interested. He said, well, she's really beautiful. She has long hair, dark eyes. She's gorgeous. And he said, I want to bring her behind the platform after the service. I want you to meet her. She's in law school with me, and I want, to, want you to meet her. And I said, well, okay. And I'd preached that night on David and Goliath and cutting off the giant's head. And I asked the crowd, what giant do you need to cut off tonight? Is it spiritual? Is it physical? Is it financial? Is it emotional? Is it something else that's going on in your life? It's a giant that you're facing and you need, you need for it to, to die tonight? We're going to cut it off spiritually. And I preached on that. And after the service, I went back behind the platform and he was there with this girl and she was gorgeous. Beautiful long hair down to her waist and beautiful tan uh, and, and beautiful eyes and uh, he introduced her to me as Lindsay Salem and uh, she said uh, hello and I said hello and she said I liked your message I said really she said yeah I said what'd you like about it she said I like the part about cutting off the giant's head and then I made a mistake I said well what's your biggest giant she said you Me? How could I be her biggest giant? I'd never met her before. Didn't know she existed. I looked at my friend and... You know how you do. And I 
She said, nice to meet you, and I just, <laughs> thanks, but no thanks. But I couldn't get it off my mind. A couple days passed. I couldn't stand it. And I, 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 I called my friend and said, I, I need her number. I need, I need to find out how. Can I be her biggest giant? And so he gave me her number, and I called her. And I said, hi, Lindsay, this is Richard Roberts. I, uh, I just have to ask you, how in the world could I be your biggest giant? I've never met you. She said, well, you don't understand. When I was 12, my dad got cancer. He was a Lincoln Mercury dealer up in Flint, Michigan, outside of, outside of Detroit. And someone in my dad's dealership knew someone who worked for your father and called your dad and asked your dad to call and pray for my dad. And she said, your dad led my dad to the Lord over the telephone and prayed for his healing, but my dad died. But my family never forgot the only minister that prayed a healing prayer over my dad. Even our own pastor said, why don't you just let him die in dignity? And my family became partners with your dad's ministry and began sowing each month. And my mother would pray that God would provide the right husband for me. And she said, I came here to be a lawyer. I don't have time to be with you. And I said, well, how about dinner tomorrow night? She said, okay. <laughs> so the next night, I went over to her apartment, picked her up. She had just run three miles. Her hair was still soaking wet. She said, just a minute. She put her hair up on top of her head and fastened it with something, one of some contraption. I don't know what she was. You women know. I don't know. But it was all on top of her head. And we went to dinner. Her hair was soaking wet. And uh, after we ordered, I said to her, what would you say if I said, I'd just like you to take your hair down? She just reached up, unfastened it, let it fall. I said, well, this has possibilities. <laughs> we talked and we talked and we talked and I said to her, have you have you ever seen Lake Keystone? She said, no, I just moved to Oklahoma a couple of weeks ago. I said, well, let's drive out there. It's about a half an hour. And there's a beautiful vista point where you can look over the entire lake. And I took her to the vista point and the sun was setting and she was so beautiful. I just reached over and kissed her. To my amazement, she kissed me back. I said, wow, this has possibilities. <laughs> a few weeks later, I took her to meet my parents. And my mother answered the door. She said, take her back to the bedroom. Oral is in bed reading. So she said, I can't go in the bedroom with Oral Roberts in pajamas. I said, sure you can. He's just a guy. So I walked back the hallway with her and went into my dad's bedroom and he was with his reading glasses on in, up in, sitting up in bed with a book he looked up and he said so this is Richard's bride she turned to run I grabbed her and uh, 
would talk for a while and then talk the next day. And then we were in a service with Brother Hagin. And Brother Hagin prophesied it over us in front of 4,000 people that this was the one. And after only 16 weeks of dating, we got married. That was 43 years ago. And the thing that she said marked my life. She said something that changed me forever. She said, before now, you have had a gospel of you never will and you never should. But instead, she has given me a gospel of you can and I will help you. Words. The words that she spoke and the words that she, she's still speaking after 43 years have transformed my life. And she has rubbed some of the rough edges off of me. I still have some edges that are rough, but a lot of them are rubbed down. And I thank God for that because she spoke words into my life words that changed me and words will do that to a man words will do that to a woman words will do that to a young person instilling faith instilling hope instilling life and she and I began to dream of a healing ministry that had been prophesied over me and I was in a service one night and the Lord healed a man's toe because of a prayer that I prayed. And Lindsay spoke up and said, this is the beginning of your healing ministry you've dreamed of. And I said, Lindsay, a toe? She said, yes. And she said, don't despise a small beginning. Nothing big starts big. It starts small. Look at all the thousands here this morning. It didn't start that way, did it? It started with a handful. Look at it now, how it's multiplied. And it's multiplying. She said, this is the beginning. And it wasn't long until the word of knowledge was flowing and the gifts of healing were flowing. And my dad had said, when you pray, there will be a power that comes up out of your chest and it will come up into your mouth. And when you speak, people will be healed. And it began to happen within a few months because we got a hold of Mark eleven twenty four. What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you shall have it and you shall have it. And whosoever shall say, whosoever shall say, whosoever shall say. And we began to confess, we have a healing ministry. We have a healing ministry. It's been prophesied. We have it. We have it. We don't have it in fact, but we have it by faith. We called it in. We call that which is not as though it is. We have a healing ministry. We didn't announce it on television. We didn't tell our families. We didn't tell our friends. We told no one except we have a healing ministry. We have it. We have it by faith. We call that which was not as though it was. And it changed our lives. And it wasn't but a few months until I was preaching and the word of knowledge began to flow and gifts of healing began to flow and people began to get healed. And it's happened wherever I have been in every service in 43 years. Now, the healing ministry may not be your direct calling, but you have a calling in your life 
Something needs to be done that only you can do. And I urge you, watch what you say. Begin to call that which is not into your life as though it is. Sow your seed against that need. Release your faith. Believe God for his miracles. He will not let you down. He's not a God that he should lie. He's not a God of failure. And he did not create you to be a failure. He created you to be a success. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are a little bit lower than the angels. You are more than a conqueror. You can do all that Jesus says you can do. And greater is he who's in you than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. Thank God for the word of life. For the word of life brings life, not death. And the power of life and death is in the tongue. And what you say is so critically important. And what I'm about to say is critically important in your life. Because there's going to be a transfer of God's power that's going to flow through me in just a moment. And what it does, people are going to begin to get healed all over Celebration Church. It won't be because of me. It'll be because God is going to use me. And that's what I want. I want to be used. How about you? Who wants to be used of God? Words, words, words. Watch what you say and watch what I'm about to say. Whoever has a need of healing in your body, stand up right now. If you have a need of healing in your back, stand up for prayer. If it's in your feet or your legs, stand up. If it's in your chest, in your lungs, if it's in your eyes or your hearing, if it's in a, uh, your heart or your blood pressure or your blood sugar, no matter where it is, if it's in your legs, your feet, your knees, your hips, your back, whatever it is, if you have a need for physical healing, today is the day for it to begin. And the words that I'm going to use are words of life, words of healing, words of victory. Father, it's not by might, and it's certainly not by power, but it's by the Spirit of God that I pray this prayer. And right now, I take authority over every sickness, over every disease. You foul, tormenting thing, I adjure you, loose your grip off of every man, every woman, every young person, every boy and girl here today. I take authority over arthritis, over pain in the back, over pain in the feet and legs, over pain in the hips and in the knees and in the feet and in the fingers. In the name of Jesus, every arthritic pain come out. You have difficulty moving your back. I speak to your back pain. Come out in Jesus' name. Pain that shoots down the legs. In the name of Jesus, every pain come out and come out now in Jesus' name. Satan, you loose your grip off of God's child. I pray over your shoulders. I pray over your hips, over your knees. I pray over the swelling and the pain and the difficulty in walking. In the name of Jesus, every pain come out and come out now. I speak to your eyes. I rebuke the cataract, the glaucoma, the blurred vision. Come out in the name of Jesus. I speak to the loss of hearing. In the name of Jesus, come out. Hearing be restored, eardrum, ear canal. Uh, open up in the name of Jesus. And hear, hear for the glory of God in Jesus' name. Every problem with the, with the chest, the heart, uh, the, uh, the, the lungs, uh, any problem with the, any type of bronchitis or any COPD problem, any pulmonary problem, come out, come out, come out now in the name of Jesus. And I reach in by faith and take hold of it and pull it out of you. Pull it out of you. 
I pull it out of you in Jesus' name for healing in your breathing and in your stomach, in your kidney, in your liver, in your lower tract, in your digestion area, in your, in your gallbladder, in your pancreas. Be healed in your colon. Be healed in Jesus' name. I speak to heart problems. Any type of irregular heartbeat or, or heart palpitations or any type of valve or, or, or uh, artery problem in the name of Jesus. Blood flow unrestricted through every artery. Open up every artery. Satan, take your hands off this heart. Heart beat normally. Come down to the normal size. In the name of Jesus. Blood pressure and blood sugar. That which is too high, come down. And that which is too low, come up. Regulate in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hypertension, come out in Jesus' name. Pain in the hips and the feet and the legs and the knees, all the swelling. Leave now in Jesus' mighty name. Every trace of cancer, come out. Cancer in the brain, cancer in the bone, cancer in the breast, cancer in the organs, come out. Cancer in the skin, leave in the authority of Jesus' name. And I send the word to you. According to Psalm 107, verse 20, which says, He sent His word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. I send that word to you. I send that word to you. I send that word to you today in the authority of Jesus' mighty name. Now begin to examine yourself. If it was your back, start moving. If it was your feet and legs, start moving. If it was your hearing, Start talking to somebody next to you. Listen to them. If it's your eyes, look around. There's healing happening here this morning. Many people are being touched and healed. Examine yourself right now. You know what to do. You know what to do. Just start examining yourself. Who can tell right now healing is coming into your life right now? Wave your hand at me. Hold your hand up. Hold it up high. Wave it at me. Look at that. All over. Hold it up high. Look at that. Pastor, look at that. Look at the, look at the hands. That's Jesus. That's Jesus. That's, that's not me. That's not me. That's just me being used. That's him. He is the healer. He is the healer. And the words, did you notice the words that I used? The authority that I took over it in Jesus' name. Those words, those words are bringing health and healing and life. That's what makes the difference and many of you are going to find you're healed as you go you know y'all be seated a minute uh, well after we first got married Lindsay told me that she had had migraine headaches most of her life and she was having a migraine headache just a few months after we got married and she had to go into the bedroom close the door and close the drapes and pull the covers over her head for a day or two till the migraine left she'd suffered with it off and on all of her life she said Richard could you get your dad to come pray for me so I got my dad to come down to our house and he came into the room and he prayed for her and he said Lindsay you'll have these headaches three more days and then you'll never have another one and she thought to herself why three days why not just heal right now he said Lindsay the Lord says three more days and you'll never have him again. And he left. He put his head back around the door and said, you're winting. She said, what? You're winting. 
Oral, what do you mean? You're winting. And he said, the Bible says some people were healed as they went. You're winting. Three more days she had those migraines. After three days, it's been almost 43 years, she's never had another migraine. The Bible says some were healed as they went. Sometimes healings come instantaneously. Sometimes they come over a period of time. Many of you are going to find out you're getting healed as you go. Words, words, words. So critically important. Every head bowed. Father, this word I'm about to speak is so critically important in someone's life. For there are some here today who have never, never made a commitment of your life to Christ. You've run from him. Maybe you once knew him. But something happened. Something somebody did. Something you did. Something nobody did, but it happened. And it's just torn you up on the inside. But you said to yourself, if I can just get to celebration today, somebody will pray the prayer of faith with me and my life will be transformed. Well, I believe I am that somebody. I know what to do. And if you'll cooperate with me, I believe my prayers can help you. There are people here today who've never made a commitment of their life to Christ. There are others who've been running from God. In the old days, we called it backsliding. You've gone away from God and you feel about a million miles from Him. But somehow in your heart, you know that today is your day. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Why put off until tomorrow what can be done today? I'm asking every man, every woman who believes in my prayers and you want my prayers, you want to give your heart to Christ or you want to recommit your life to Christ because you've been running from Him and you'd like me to pray a salvation rededication prayer. If you do, put your hand up right now and hold it up. I want to pray for you. Now, don't be ashamed. Jesus said, if you confess me in front of men, I will confess you in front of my Father. Now, hold your hand up high. If that's you, stand up on your feet and come to this altar right now. Don't wait another moment. Come right now. This is the day. Come right now. If you lifted your hand, come right now. This is the moment. I promise you, if you're sincere, you'll never be the same again. Never, 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 never. Others are still coming. I'll wait for you. I'll wait. I see you coming from the back. I'll wait. Father, don't let one be lost. But let everyone who needs this prayer come forward. Just let them, let them pass behind you, if you would. Give them space. They're still coming down the aisleway. That's right. Right down this way, right down this way. Plenty of room.
but still several more coming. Just make way for them right here and right here. Thank you so much. Praise God. What a great day. The Bible says when a person comes to Christ, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels. Well, there's... There's about to be a hallelujah time amongst the angels. What's happening here this morning? Now you here in the front, here's what I want you to do. I want you to lift your hands like I am. Now why I'm asking this of you, because this is a sign of surrender. If somebody put a gun into your, up against your head, this is what you do. Because this is a sign of surrender. This is saying, Lord, I surrender my life to you. Now pray this prayer out loud after me. Oh God, be merciful to me, a sinner, a backslider. I recognize that I have been lost and I'm sorry. I repent. I change my mind. I turn my back on the past. I renounce Satan and all of his works. And I receive Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart. Save me. Heal me. Deliver me. And set me free. From this moment, I declare and I decree that I will serve God with all my heart, all my mind, and all my strength. I am born again. I am a Christian. The Holy Spirit is now in me and I'll never be the same again. Oh, somebody give praise to the Lord. Come on, somebody give praise to the Lord. Hallelujah! Woo! Woo! Come on, give Him praise. Hallelujah! Woo! Greatest day of your life. Word. Words, words, what you just said. What you just said, if you meant it, you'll never be the same again. Watch your words. Watch what you say. Let those words be words. If you can't say something positive, go to Walmart, put some tape over your mouth. If you have nothing positive to say, consider just being quiet for a while until you can say something positive. Make sure your glass is half full, not half empty. Okay? That's the positive word. My glass is never half empty. It's always half full. See the difference? Pastor Randy, come on up. Oh, Andrew. Andrew, um, I know you're going to do something. I don't know what it is. But uh, some, somewhere there's a lobby. Yes. Where's the lobby? I don't know. Right out the exit. Somewhere course. out there, there's a, there's a lobby. And I brought some a product with me. I brought uh, Lindsay's new book, Discover Your True Worth. And also brought my new book, God's Healing Touch. And they're out there in the lobby. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus. 